Hi, you guys. Welcome to Havila's Podcast. I'm your host, Havila Cunnington. And today we are mixing it up. We're doing something totally different. And I've invited not only my friend, but the director of Truth Academy, Caitlin Zick, to be here with me. And we are going to answer some of the questions that you guys have sent in. So maybe you can tell them what we're going to do. Yes, this is so exciting. So at Truth to Table, Havla's organization, we sat around thinking about our podcast and thought, how fun would it be for her audience, for you guys to be able to ask questions, those questions that you're like, I wonder what Havla really thinks about this. <laughs> so on Instagram, we posted, we said, what would you like to hear on the topic of her latest book, Created to Hear God? So we're going to ask some of the questions that you guys have sent in. We're going to try this out monthly, see how it goes. So if you want to hear your question answered on our podcast or, hey, YouTube, we see you, then you can send them in on the Instagram post. Yeah, I guess if they want to see what we look like, they can go to my YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah, they'll right? say if we got ready that morning or not. <laughs> That's right. And, and for the podcast, we'll see. I'm kind of excited. We're going to use first names. We promise we won't tell yes. anybody who you are. But if you need to use your Starbucks name, we That's said in the fine. question, you're welcome to that too. Yeah. Okay, so are you ready? I'm ready. All right, the first question's from Ashley. Ashley asked, what was one of the first things you remember the Lord speaking to you? Mm, that's a good question because well, your story was kind of that you struggled you saw your dad like yes. how he hears God you're like do I hear from you God yes so what was one of the first things you remember hearing from him well I will say I don't think I knew it was as revelatory as later on mm-hmm. looking back and realizing that was when God spoke to me like it took me a long time to figure out how profound it was and how life-altering it was so it was really when I was 17 in the backseat of a car going to a party with some guys with my sister and the Holy Spirit interrupted me. And he just had this, it was almost like this feeling, but also this, like, I have to get out of here. It was this kind of impulsive, I need to get out of this. Like I now, it was almost as if you were, it was going to, you were going to get into a crash and you knew like, I need to get out of this plane. It was that feeling of like, I have to get out of here. What am I doing? And then I immediately heard the Lord. Like I felt like he was calling me and I really sensed Again, it wasn't audible, but it was this, this sense of have life called you to more. It's time to say yes, come and follow me. And so I spoke up and said something, but going back, maybe in my journey, there were moments when I would hear God through someone else. Mm. So I don't dismiss that. You yeah. know, like I think growing up, I had moments uh, at camp or at an altar call. In fact, I remember my sister getting her spiritual language at church one night and I went to school the next day. I was so jealous that she'd got her <laughs> spiritual language. And we went, it was a church school and my principal took me in his office with my teacher and we prayed over me and I got my spiritual language in my principal's office. Oh, wow. So that was kind of wild. And then um, I remember as a young girl, my dad was speaking in England and he was talking about the cross and crucifixion and just the way that he talked about it. I remember my sister and I just sobbing. I think we were maybe 10 years old mm. and we were just crying about the sacrifice what Jesus had done. And that was the first time I took communion was after understanding what Christ had done. So that was significant, but I wouldn't say very often. It was more just little moments here and there of someone saying God feels or God says, and then having that moment. But I wouldn't have said, oh yeah, I can hear God, like done. In my brain, hearing God was a channel. Like, oh, it's just going to turn on. And it's Mm. like, here's God. I'm here. (laughs) Oh, there's your voice. So even people used to pray over our ears, like give them the help or hear the voice of God. And I look back and go, I, the heart was hundred percent on, but the, the method was confusing, I think, as someone who didn't understand how God spoke in different ways. That's so good. And I've heard you share that story before. So after you get say something in the car and you get out of the car, you get home and you're thinking, you know, there's going to be angels show up in your bedroom <laughs> or something. Because sometimes we think for it to be solidified that we're not crazy and it really was the Lord, you're like, God, make this feel holy somehow. Yes. 
And we hear these hero stories. Yes. You know, we do and we love them and we buy the books and we hear these heroes of, I saw this vision and God did this and I had this angel. And I remember <laughs> there's this one guy that I was uh, really a, like a voice for my generation in that season. And he had had this the angel in his room with the sword saying, it's your time. And I remember, and even with um, Good Morning Holy Spirit reading Benny Hinn's book and just going, okay, I'm ready for my visitation. I'm ready for the <laughs> angel. And I had, I never had that. And so I do think, you know, unfortunately we love that. There's a supernatural, there's seers. Yeah. But sometimes I think we only tell our glory stories, our hero stories, and it leaves a lot of us wondering, what if mine isn't amazing? What oh, if it's simple? So yeah. You and I know this as now, you know, in ministry, married, kids, all the things. Most of the voice of God is like, do I go here? Do I not do this? Do I not say that? Do I say that? It's so much about a relationship and a, and a play-by-play yep. than it is about thus saith the Lord. Mm -hmm. That's so secondary to living a really spirit-led life. That's so good. I love it. Okay, this next question came in from Roxy. She had two questions. She said, how can I become more accurate in prophecy? Ooh, I love the name Roxy. Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a cute name. Um, more accurate. Practice, practice, practice. So I really believe that hearing God's voice is like a muscle that you have to practice. Mm. And so because you usually have three voices in your head, you have obviously yourself, that voice that's kind of been with you. And it's usually maybe your mom's voice or your best friend's <laughs> voice. And then you have the enemy who hates you and wants to accuse you and convict you. And so you have that kind of lying voice, accusational voice. And then you have God's voice that's trying to get your attention to say you are loved, worthy, and I see you and you're my, my sheep and my, my kid. And so really defining those voices are really important. And so I like to say practice, but don't practice high stakes. So people do this all the time. I'm going to practice when I get the mic and I'm on a platform. I'm going to practice by posting on social media. I'm going to practice by sending that letter to the pastor. And I'm like, you can do it as high stakes, but I have found that most of my success and my excellence has grown from low stake environments, bringing my best. Mm. And you love sports. Like yeah. you're, my, you're my competitive coaching friend, right? You guys live, you and Cole love sports and you hear it. I mean, after the game, your husband's yelling at my kid, you know, should I practice that shot again over and over? And you know, and, and you're telling your kid, you know, yeah. you can't, you're not LeBron, we love you. Follow your shot. Well, yeah, yeah, follow your shot. <laughs> so, and it's just like that, I think in the spirit, like we have to actually see that reps matter. Repetition mm -hmm. matters doing it over and over so that it becomes instinctive. Yes. And then I would also say documenting it because sometimes I've given words that don't seem very accurate or don't seem profound, but because I've documented it and they go back and read it a year later, they go, wow, oh, that was amazing. That was yeah. like the Lord was all over it. But when I gave it to them, they're like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> sure. So really documenting it and then also allowing yourself to not be perfect in it. I think you'll be amazed when you think something is right on and it's not. And other times when you're just kind of going, well, we'll see. And they're like, you're reading my mail. I'm never good in my instinct to know. Intuitive sense like, oh, this is this is it. Yeah. I think it's all about faith, risk, obedience. Mm. It's just about stepping out of the boat. That's yeah. it. And, you know, many, I think if you looked at any leader, they would tell you it was never a straight shot. Mm. You know, I, I love the thought. I think it was Kevin Prosh that once said this, but. He said, I can take the same worship set and lead it one night and it's like open heaven, glory, cloud, everything. And then take the same worship set, same team to another church or event and it falls flat. And the reality is we don't know why. And, and the mm. way I think it comes down to two things, this is my opinion, two factors, preparation and expectation. Wow. So 
I can, if I go administer, I can prep and give a hundred percent. But if there's no expectation in the room, I, there's not much I can do Wow! because they have to participate. Or if I go somewhere and there's all this expectation, but I'm not prepped, I'm not prepared, then their expectation can't override my need to prepare. Wow! So I always see it's a 50-50, 100% on each side. So for all of us, you know, you might give a word and you think it's God and it's amazing, but if they don't expect it and they're not looking for it, yeah. it, it doesn't matter. And so my level of success is not how the word landed. My level and measure for success is, was I obedient? Because if I'm obedient, yes. then I can walk away and say, I did what you told me to do. And yeah. sometimes obedience is don't share it. Wow. And that's the hardest one. When God says, mm -mm, I'm going to tell you this. And then you're going to go share it. And you think, and then all of a sudden you get a check that says not yet. And you have that kind of, but I, this could be amazing. And he goes, no, I want to see if you'll actually be led. If you'll be submitted to my voice, not just in it for the performance or the whatever it might be. The presentation. That's so good. Yeah. Okay. Her second question, how can I increase how often I hear from God? Ooh, Roxy, it's a good question. Well, again, it's what we're around. We, what we behold, we become and what we have around us grows, right? So I think how we do it is we actually set up a practical lifestyle that engages a spirit led life. So we, and that doesn't mean for some of us, we were taught certain methods and we think, Oh, I need to pray for an hour in the morning. I need to have a quiet time. And then I need to like annoy every doorpost in my house. And then I need to, and God's like, no, that's great. That's a, that's a method somebody has, but you each have your own unique one. Yeah. For some people, they need to go for a walk and listen to worship music. And that's how God's going to engage them. For others, it's going to be laying on the floor and soaking and asking God for pictures. For others of us, it's going to be driving our kids to, in carpool and God just throws something in us. So I think in my world, we have to, again, this is for me too. This isn't like a, I got this covered, but it's a spirit led lifestyle. It's not a spirit led moment. Mm. And if I can figure that out, then I'm looking for his voice everywhere. And then I would also say, you have to put yourself in environments where the prophetic is celebrated and, and it challenges you. So be in an environment where you go to a conference or you go to an event where somebody is, or take a class where somebody is very, a little further along. Yeah. And they challenge you to think bigger, to act, to, to do more. But again, there's a fine line because what we don't want to do is mimic what somebody else is doing or right. think we're missing something we're not. So I would say usually it's about impatience. We want to do more faster. We want to yeah. get it done. We want to be amazing. And I think I minimized mileage. I minimized mileage. So much of my life, my 20s were all about, I'm running out of time. I need to do this. What's God going to do? And now 20 years later, he did it all. Wow. But it was always so much later than I thought. It was annoyingly late. <laughs> God is annoyingly late. He's not late. Like he does it on, on his time. But I always told God, really, you're going to send me around the world, preach and do the things that are in my heart at 21, at 31 or 41 with four kids and bills to pay and babies to feed. And now you're going to take me around the world. But it's like I needed those years of waiting yeah. to prepare for what he has. So... For many of us, I don't think he wants you to be super accurate yet because he wants to go on the journey with you. He's not depositing a gift. He's actually engaging a relationship. That's and that's so really important. Good. That's so good. Yeah. I love it. Okay, this next one is from Natalie in Australia. She sent this message. It said, hi, Havala. I've been listening to your audiobook, which is so fun. If you don't know Havla's own voice, she recorded her own audiobook, and we've heard so many stories of people loving to and listen first time. to you. Yeah. I, I have 12 books. I've never read it out loud. 
honestly, I was really nervous to do it because of my dyslexia. I can't, I don't read out loud. And so I thought this is either going to be amazing or humiliating. <laughs> and I have a friend, Holly, we, we do. And Holly was just, she prayed over me. And I, she said, we are going to just have grace to do this. And it was amazing. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. But even myself, I'm stepping out and doing things I don't necessarily feel comfortable doing. But if you like the aud audible, yeah. then that's, that's yeah. there. Well, Natalie in Australia appreciates it. She said, I'm wondering what you'd categorize it as when God speaks to you through multiple ways. For example, often I'll get a podcast, a book, a Bible, people, signage, etc. speaking often the exact same message to me in a very short time span, hours, days, and are completely unrelated avenues to each other. Very curious for your thoughts. Yeah, that's super cool. Well, I think obviously God uses all all different methods. So, I mean, I think that we've, we've put together four. I think God has endless amounts of ways to get our attention. So, you know, I don't want to limit God or take away his uniqueness and how he communicates. I do think that, you know, I always think of that story where the guy wanted to be rescued and the guy mm -hmm. comes in the plane and he yes. goes, no, I'm getting rescued. And then the boat comes, no, I'm getting rescued. And, and finally he dies and he goes, you know, God, why don't you help me? And he goes, I sent a boat and a plane and you know, I sent all these things. And sometimes I think in the prophetic, we do that where it's like, what, I need another word. I need this. I need that. And God's like, I gave you the word, you know, but I would say, I think that as we get into the Lord, we start hearing his voice. We start looking for him yeah. to see him. Yeah. And so I really think it's about, again, the expectation that he's speaking mm -hmm. more than even he is speaking. So I find that the average thing that I don't get anything out of, if I have a friend who's spiritually engaged, they're going to get so much more because they've, they've created a heart of expectancy. Yeah. So yeah, God will speak in all different ways. I think it just is him proving that he's got a narrative. He's trying to get your attention yeah. and showing you. And then also maybe breaking out of the boxes that you assume he has to speak through. And he's going, no, I'm going to break open those boxes. So you don't put me in a box and see me as a God that can do all things anywhere. So I love that. Yeah. And I get that. And I would say, I don't know how you are, Caitlin, but sometimes it's like, I need a dream from somebody. And sometimes I need a thus saith the Lord. And sometimes I need a, no, I know you're supposed to do that. And so I need those prophetic personalities in my life. And sometimes mm -hmm. someone saying, I know you should do this is not the same as I had a dream last night about you. Right. Or God, when we were driving up, the Lord said this. So I think it's also about what we need mm -hmm. and how we need it. Totally. And so, me too? I think sometimes like when I hear what she's describing, it's like a setup from God sometimes, yeah. right? Where you're like, oh, it was on that billboard. Oh, it was from that text. Oh, it was in that podcast all separated because then when the moment comes and he speaks to you and the way he does you it's that confirmation it's that yes. setup to prepare it's almost that pre preparation to you'll say oh yeah that was the lord he was setting me up for this message to know this thing um i definitely have moments like that and then you have your vivid moment where you're like oh i was at the red light and that's what god said to me <laughs> and now i see why all of that was set up to prepare my heart for it and prepare my spirit yes and i would say this i have gotten in trouble i'll be honest I have gotten in trouble at times when I have a bias. I have a deep down, and I don't want to admit it. I'm sorry, Theodore is a part of this filming. Would you like to come up here? Come on. He thinks he's the baby of the family. Um, I have a bias, so it's like I kind of secretly want to do it, and I would like God to confirm it. Mm. And so then it's that confirmation bias. Everywhere I go, I'm seeing it. <laughs> and then later on, I'm like, was that God or was that me or didn't happen? And so I would suggest that if it's about okay let's not embarrass mommy stop and <laughs> um, if it's about uh something that doesn't 
is not favorable to you. Like God's saying, you know, big decisions in our lives, things like that. I think more than just confirmation, the Bible says there's wisdom, multitude of counsel. Yes. You know, there are other things that can really give us wisdom. Mm -hmm. And so I think just being really honest about why you want to hear that. But other than that, yes. And I so, think God is just so fun. He is. You, like, you can be watching a TV show and someone says something and you can go <laughs> and it's, it's the sign that you drove by for like 10 years and now you see it. It's, yeah. it's, it's amazing. It is. God just highlights. It's and so good. Even when you're prophesying over people in a room, you know, people go, how do you pick out the person? And it, usually it's like, I'll just, everyone kind of close their eyes or they're, you know, soaking. And then I'll just See, it's almost like the movie where you see someone's face and they kind of get illuminated. It's mm. like the guy across the room or the girl across the room. Yes. It's that. You see them and then in faith, you take a risk and say, I think God has something for them. So I feel like God does highlight things if you're if you're leaning in. Yeah, that's so good. Okay, we have two more questions. This one's from Carlina. She said, I've been seeing visions and pictures that I need to get on paper, but I'm not an artist and I can't interpret it onto paper. I'm not sure where to go with all of these visions. I I love that. I love that so much. And can I just, I mean, this is kind of a unique thing to say, but you're in the right day and age. Like with AI, you can write out everything you're thinking and it can create a picture oh, for wow. you. So I would just suggest that because you're in this generation at this time, maybe God could give you a tool, a strategy to get you to actually see it. So if it were me, I would explore AI pictures yeah. and start to write out what you're seeing and you can change it. You can say a little bit more clouds, a little bit of this, and it can begin to create the photo or the picture That's that you see. Yeah. So I would be just wow. like artists. Yeah. I would be spirit led with an AI creator and just say, okay, Holy Spirit, I'm going to sit down with you. Let's create this picture together and see what happens. That's what I would do. That's great. I mean, I you can also that. give it to a friend if you have if you're able to write it out and then mm -hmm. they can kind of mimic what you're saying. Yeah. But um, yeah, I would be, I would be, or you can make, create a vision board. I mean, you don't have to have the picture. It could be a vision board. It yeah. could be all kinds of things or things that you Google and put into a, so the idea is not so much, again, this is the point. It's not to present. It's just because the picture in your heart links you to God's purpose or someone else. And that's what the motivation is. Yeah. Very important. So good. Yeah. So good. Okay. Last question. And this actually came in from so many of your listeners, people that have read the book. Yes. So their question is kind of like, wait, like, I really think I'm a hearer and I'm a seer. I'm a feeler and I'm a knower. And then one was like, I think I'm three. So could you speak to that for yes. people? Can you be two of them? Can you be three of them? Did, how does that work? Yeah. I'm very concerned for those people. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, yes. In fact, bilingual, trilingual, quadrilingual, whatever it is, absolutely. You can have all of them. And I would say in our lives, as we're leaders and pastors, we're functioning in multiple ways. That's just yeah. going to be how it is. The goal of the book was not so much to put you in a box. It was to give you a starting point yeah. and to give you a foundation so that you will walk away with confidence that you can hear God. Yes. And so as you begin to see, oh, God speaks here and he does it this way in this method. Absolutely. I am definitely, I mean, as a knower, it's my primary, but I definitely have some hearing. I definitely have some seeing. I definitely have some feeling. Yes. And so I function all four of those. It's like love languages. Yes. You know, I always tell people this. You can't say, well, you know, I, I don't, I have a little bit of, I don't have, you know, access service. So you're never going to get anybody in your house, anything like it's the same way with this. You, you're not going to, you're going to function in all of them. You're going to learn how to use all of those, but you'll have one that you lean towards or one that's more comfortable. And I always say, if you can't figure it out, then go back. There's a few things. Go back to the beginning and see when I encountered God and he spoke to me, if I can, if I know it, 
go back and see, did I feel something, see something, hear something, or know something? Because that's a really great way. Um, and then also I would really discover, and I would ask myself, is there a personality that's been elevated in my life that I might be trying to have where I need to actually go back and go, okay, God, without bias, what, how do you speak to me? Oh, that's Because I think that some people are, have elevated, different cultures do, yeah, you know, the totally. charismatic is like the feeler here and the conservative more, you know, word-based is the knower and the, you know, the truth. Yes. And that's awesome. We're not against any of those, but just to be aware of the bias that's in the atmosphere and then to also not, I want to say box yourself into, well, I'm not like them. Right. The way I hear God is never going to be like the knower that I know, right? It's going to be how God interacts. So yeah, I think you're going to grow in all of them. Yes. And I hope that you do grow in all of them. But we did do a study and we did, we actually had a quiz. We had 150,000 people take the quiz. And we found that the primary was a feeler. So over 60% of people were feelers. So there's a huge community. Wow. Yes. <clears throat> and I would say feelers are the ones that I most often meet that said they never felt like they had space to happen in the environment. They always felt misunderstood. They felt emotional. They felt like they had anxiety issues, fear issues, and yet it was spiritual. They were picking up on things. Um, and I always say, if you're a feeler, ask yourself questions like, did I walk in the room with this? Is God trying to get my attention? Is this a prayer point? Really asking yourself good questions instead of just owning it and then yeah. walking around all day with it. Totally. Uh, one of our pastors said really well, you pray until there's joy. And so the, the job of a feeler is to let it go till there's joy again, wow. not to carry it around. But then um, I would say for... Uh, you know, different ones. It's like, well, whatever's been elevated, take it down a notch and then really discover, okay, this is actually who I am. Like, this is me. And as a knower, I actually linked into the, to my pain mm. in the church environment. That's how I discovered my, wow. which was, I feel like a heathen. I live in a very Pentecostal, like word, word of knowledge, supernatural. And I don't, I don't see a lot. I don't hear a lot. I don't feel a lot. So I kind of feel left out. So I feel like knowers tend to feel left out of those of supernatural experiences <laughs> where you have seers that feel misunderstood and a little bit weary in the waiting for the vision. Mm. And then you have hearers that feel like no one's really listening to them. Like, and what they do is hearers exhaust people with words. <laughs> and so they have to get better at shortening their words so they don't become the boy who cried wolf, but they're the man or woman that had the word. And then your feelers can often distract people by their emotions rather than what they feel feel it's like a, a difference between i'm emotional or i have a strong sense a supernatural sense about what god is doing and so we just have to mature yeah and i want to say to all of uh, you know yeah, everyone listening matter, yeah. you cannot just go oh no that's it no you yeah. are a knower that has a healthy knower and an unhealthy knower side and really developing and that's why i wrote the book was it's not enough to say well i'm acts of service but okay but my wife or my husband you know they are words of affirmation i need to learn Yep. How to do that instead of saying, well, that's not my language. Really growing. That's so good. Yeah, I like space for it, it's right? so good. Yes, it's so important. And honestly, I'm sure everybody listening or watching can just agree with me in saying it's such a gift to the body of Christ because what you've done is given language for all of them. And like you said, in different, it might not be our primary, but I remember the first time ever having a feeling experience as I'm a knower as well. I didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. Right, like it made me feel crazy. It did, yeah, hundred percent. I was picking up on this like bipolar, yes, real this 
girl that I was leading and mentoring. So I'm sure the Lord was using it. And so he eventually spoke it to me and I got it. So I figured it out. But I looked at my husband like, what's wrong with me? Do I need help? I'm like, oh no, it's to help minister to this person. So I'm like, your book back then would have saved me a lot of pain and struggle yes. figuring it out. So it's such a gift for all of us to know in our own seasons or the people we're leading or parenting our kids, they might hear God different and you don't want them to feel like they're less than because they're not hearing God like you. So it's such it's a true. gift. And you see spouses, it's really the pain of spouses in their spiritual life is it feels like one is taking off and going in the spirit and the other one is sitting there waiting. Yes. And there's such a disconnect. And what it is is that we've elevated or the feeler or the seers over here. And I always say like, they're in the, the holy of holies and your husband wants to go to like spaghetti factory. Yeah. You know, it's like this. <laughs> so really understanding that you also need to speak his language. Yeah. You can't just say, well, I feel I'm going to go dance and worship. That's it. But actually saying your knowing is enough. Yeah. And I don't need you to be me and making space for that. And I, I just see people make messes where they, they just, you know, or I would say I was just doing an interview today with a guy on YouTube and he was saying, you know, I'm concerned because I, as I read your book, I thought, you know, when I'm up preaching, I often say, I see God is doing this. Or I really feel. And he goes, I'm wondering if people are thinking I'm feeling it because I know it, but I don't feel it. And I was explaining that, no, actually the language you use reaches the different people in the room. Oh. So using, I see this, I hear this, I know this, and I feel this in a room engages the unique community in the room. So the feelers so go, good. oh, she feels something. And the knower goes, oh, uh, she validated by knowing. And the hearer goes, oh, good, she hears God. So you're not you're not um, being dishonest, but you are using the filter to give them an understanding that that's how God speaks to you. So when I changed my verbiage, even with my husband, where he would say, well, do you think God's supposed to, God wants us to do this? I would say, you know, the Lord spoke to me and said we're supposed to do this. I didn't say a phrase that God said. He just spoke to me. And that was the word he needed to know that I had heard God even though I just knew. Right. Right. Because if you just say, I just know, or I just felt, but he needed you to say, God spoke to me. Yeah. And wow. some people on the call and on this video, like people are listening to you because you use the same thing. You're saying, I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel. And your leader's like, come on. Or your spouse is like, okay, <laughs> if you would just alter a few words, which is I know, or I believe God, or I heard God, those things will get other people to tune in. That's so and awesome. set, Yeah. Because people just get they get stuck in a box. Yep. And so I have found in my world, it's very helpful to have those. And, and it's, I don't know. I think I just don't want anyone to feel left out. I think that's why I created the book was like, I don't want people in our environments to feel that someone is better than them or they get more access to God mm -hmm. when all that is theologically wrong. Yeah. We all get the same access to God. He's yeah. our, all of our dad. Yeah. And we all get the intimate connection and every single one of us gets his voice, period. Right? Yeah. And so that's very, very important. I love it. Well, thank you, Havila, for answering the questions of the people. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And I can't wait to do this again. Yeah. We'll do other questions too. Yep. We'll see you next time. See you next time.